cool. Awesome. Yeah, so what, so you actually started off at Clemson, in Clemson? Is that where you grew up? I grew up in Clemson, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. And so then was kind of Clemson like a, a no-brainer, like a non-negotiable? Um, no, <laughs> actually, we, um, uh, that's where I wanted to go. I just, I couldn't get in. And so, oh, okay. yeah, I, I ended up going to a smaller school, uh, Charleston Southern University. Charleston. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's so, a way more beautiful place, isn't it? Uh, yes, beachy-wise, <laughs> right here. You're all by the coast, so. Okay. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, I went there to, to run. I didn't go there for the school, right? I sure. I went there to run at the time. I was an athlete. And, okay. Um, that was more on my mind than... <laughs> I'm life. sure, yeah. Especially since most of your day would be spent doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. So then, did you do engineering later, or is that something that... Yeah, so how I got into that that world, this space of you know engineering was... Uh, actually, it was a girlfriend in high school. Really? I wanted to do uh, landscape architecture. I just loved the design of you know the slopes and everything else, and... Uh, my uh, girlfriend at the time, her mom worked at an office building, and this surveyor came in, civil engineer came in and was like looking for someone, and she was like, oh, hey, I've got a perfect person for you. And she thought it was landscaping, and she was like, I know it's not, you know, architecture, but it's, you know, this will be a good start, right? Yeah. And so I went, and he treated me like I was his son, and so I just soaked it up soaked up what I was learning yeah um, then moved from there this was in South Carolina okay. um, ended up moving to Portland um, at that time this was in 92 uh, moved to Portland and you, you kind of fall back to what you know right a lot of times uh, kind of almost default and so I went there and new city new area thought you know I've been in the land surveying industry you know world so let's just go land survey um, wasn't what I wanted to do. I didn't out in Portland uh, nine months out of the year whether it's raining. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm like, uh, I'm not digging this. So then that's when, um, but being in the field, I, I just learned a lot of the, the civil engineering, um, um, you know, uh, calculating slopes and all these different mm -hmm. things, right? All, you know, the engineering aspect of it, mm -hmm. I learned that. And so that's what drove me to go indoors and do di design work. Um, and so I started doing design work for a, a, a company and actually it was a public agency in Vancouver. So um, that was kind of the start of it all. <laughs> Man, you've been all over. That's, uh, yeah. that's really cool. Yeah. So you started more on the, on the practical side, which is... Correct, yeah. Unfortunately, we don't get that until like years Laid after. Laid in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. So then um, did you stay in that area, Vancouver, Portland area? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, let's see, nine years in the, well, seventeen years in the Portland area. So Vancouver nine, and then the rest of the time was in Portland. Um, I ended up not staying with that that um, district. I was with a, a wastewater district, so I did wastewater design, uh, treatment plants, pump stations, um, main infrastructure uh, was my was my niche, right? Okay. And so. Um, I took that and was like filling pigeonholed and put pu public, you know, uh, and so I, uh, public works, and so I ended up wanting something different. Always, you know, I was always looking to strive and do better and be better and 
And that drove me to um, go to the private sector. Um, and really, that's when I saw my career like just take off. Wow. Because I was getting all these different um, elements of different types of engineering. So I worked in a multidisciplined office. Okay. And so uh, that's when I felt like, no joke, six months after joining that company, I was like running circles around the person I used to be. Oh, man. And, you know, having a mentor, you're talking, you know, b before, you know, we were talking about iron sharpens iron. Yeah. yeah. And it's about finding those people that you, that resonate with you and that you resonate with them and that you can learn from. And it's a lot of um, just being open to, to learning. And for me, I was wide open to learning, you know, I always was looking to improve myself, personal development, uh, professional development's always been a part of my core. And so that um, just drove me to, you know, working hard and just putting in effort and uh, worked my way up in the company um, quite rapidly. Um, and so, yeah, that's, but I was in that area for about 17 years. So, okay. So you moved into the, the private sector and then the, the person that originally was sort of mentoring you, so kind mm -hmm. of treated you almost like family was, was that person still kind of um, influential or was it kind of like a parting of ways of sort of? Speak? Oh, so the, the, that person, I think what you're referring to, um, treated me like family. That was, so he was in South Carolina. Okay. And so when I moved away, it was a little disconnect there. Oh, sure. Right? Okay. Um, not in a bad way, it was just, you know, distance. Sure. Uh, the new mentor was at a, the private sector, uh, you know, company. And, uh, and so, because I was, I was a little over 10 years um, in the public okay. sector. So was that intentional, like finding that person, making that connection, or was that kind of like random? It was kind of, um, it kind of actually just, just happened. I mean, he saw in me that I was um, working differently than the others, asking different questions than, you know, some of the other folks. And, and he just was like, hey, I'm, I'm willing to teach you and show you anything you want if if you're ready. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it, you know, wow. type thing. So wow, um, that, and it's, it's funny, um, and I'll throw this in there because at the time he was not the favorite person in the office, but you know, him and I somehow or another, he was quirky, but him and I just somehow connected. Okay. And I just was open to his quirkiness and, <laughs> and allowed him to teach me. Yeah. I mean, really that's, that's the, the truth of it so so does that mean like nobody was paying attention to him like not appreciated well he just was um fairly um um opinionated about uh, certain things okay you know? okay and so but <laughs> so was i but at the same time sure. you know, it's like, <laughs> it was uh it, it you know i was open to at least you know be around him, but most people didn't really, you know, he's like, oh, he's one of the engineers, okay. you know, so. Okay, so maybe a little abrasive then. Yeah. I, I see. Man, that's, there's something to be said about that personality, right? Yeah. Like, somebody who's willing to say things that are uncomfortable, Yeah. they're usually more of a, like, risk take, right. risk taker kind, mm -hmm. of, kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Get a lot more done. And maybe that's why I resonated with him, right? I, okay. I approach things a little bit more tactfully sometimes, well, not not all the time, but sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I, I got where he was coming from mm. and I understood that. And so maybe that's that was where that connection was. Is okay. Because I could understand his point of views. 
Um, sure. But at the same time, it was for me, it was like, hey, he's willing to teach me engineering, you know, because again, I come from school of hard knocks. I didn't complete my sure. degree and all that other stuff. And so a lot of it was just learning, yep. self-education. Um, but that self-education took me from just down here to some pretty amazing places. So, I mean, that's uh, that's nothing to sneeze at the uh, self-education piece. Mm -hmm. Like the most successful successful in the world right now, those people, almost all of them dropped out of college. Yeah, like, we could just go through yeah. the list, yeah, right? right? And yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, but taking like the reins on your own mm. education and like saying, ah, oh, this is what I actually want to do. Yeah. That's a brave, that's a bold move. Yeah. Like even, maybe not nowadays, but you know. Yeah. Uh, actually, no, I would say still. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say it's, it's, uh, it's scary, you know, mm. leaving what you've, what you've known, you know, for, you know, for me, I was in that, that, that space for 20 something, still a little bit, you know, in there, but just at a different capacity, a capacity. And so, um, but it's, it's still, you know, a little scary to step out of that. Um, but, you know, it's, uh, it comes with a cost to not as well. Right. Yeah. Like, like regret, that, that kind of thing? Or are you thinking about yeah. other things? Well, a couple of other things like regret. One, I didn't want to look back. Like, mm. I don't believe anybody really wants to look back. You know, you talk, talk to a lot of the, you know, people on their deathbed. And, you know, my father-in-law just passed a little over a year ago. And, you know, he really was um, bothered by some of the things he didn't do or some of the things that he did do that he regretted. And so that plays a big part in it, you know, is the regret pieces. However, what I was referring to is the cost of not doing it is like you and I follow kind of, you know, same mentor, you know, Brendan Burchard, and he's, you know, it's like um, the dream that's sewn into your heart, right? And that's where I was at. I, I really believe that there was this dream inside of me or that I was built and designed for something different. Mm. And the cost of me not doing that is costing others. Yeah, that's the, uh, like how long did it take you to get to that spot where you could actually see, <laughs> see you know? Yeah. That's well, like, cause that's like big picture things, that's, right? Yeah, that's a big picture. Uh, if, I don't know if you've ever done the Clifton uh, Strengths Finder. Mm -hmm. So amazing. I would, mm -hmm. I would recommend you and your audience to do that. But um, is it basically there's two, you can do your top five or your 34. I would rec highly recommend doing the, the 34. Um, it's, a, it's a small investment. Uh, to do, but I would highly recommend it. So number one, my 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 number one strength is futuristic. Oh, that's awesome! So yeah. being able to see five, ten, fifteen years down the road, um, fairly clearly, like where I want to be. Wow. Um, the the trouble comes in the application of right. Yeah. And so <laughs> yeah. Um, activation is number two for me. Okay. And command is three, just to give you the top three. So. So what's what's activation? So activation is being able to see processes and then being able to put them into action or to see someone else's plan and to be able to put it into action. Oh, so, that's awesome. Yeah. And the third? Third was command. Command. So command is essentially um, when all hell's breaking loose, you want them in charge. Or they are the ones that typically, if no one's taking the charge or taking the lead, they will. 
you know, yeah. they will rise and lead when others don't. So that's interesting. So did you find yourself doing those things um, automatically? Is that something you learned along mm. the way? Like, great question. I uh, know I I learned those probably coming into 2018. Okay. Um, so I'd already kind of stepped out on my own as outside of the engineering space. Okay. Uh, still in, uh, just as an independent contractor, now serving that industry. Um, but I wanted to understand myself more. Okay. And I believe that was just the journey that I was on at the time was really discovering who I am. Um, and the Strengths Finder was a big piece of that, you know. But when I took it, I was like, oh, I get it. I see it. That's totally right. Oh yeah, I can. You know, the daydream, the thinking, the being able to see clearly. Like, like doesn't other everybody else see how we can? You know, we're trying to like analyze and think. And I think that that played a good role for me in my career. Right, growing up, being able to as a designer, being able to see what the the vision of what the engineer wanted, mm. and then to be able to activate it, put it into action, and and actually bring it to fruition. You know, on plan set. <laughs> Wow. So it's actually a skill that, let's say you had it or didn't have it early on, you mm -hmm. definitely had practice at making that sort of vision turn into reality yeah. like on a regular basis. Yeah. So the strengths are actually, these are innate, right? Okay. These are innate strengths within you. So let me give you an example. Um, uh, 34, number 34 mm. is still a strength. It's just way down there. So like for me, empathy. <laughs> empathy is number 31. 31. Harmony, like trying to just, everything's got to be harmony. You know, oh, let's not disrupt any. Oh, I'm done. You know, that's number 33. Mm. <laughs> so, you know, I'm okay with disruption. I'm okay with, you know, rocking the boat. Kind of like that engineer we were talking about earlier with having the opinion to to go against the flow. A lot of people aren't that way. They Harmony's a little higher, or, you know, some of those things. So um, those are innate within us. Now it doesn't mean that we can't dial some up at a different time, it's still a strength. Um, and so I, that's the way I, I, you know, understand it and look at it, right? And the skills, right, can always be, can always be worked upon, um, even as well as strengths. And so, okay. To help. Yeah, that is helpful. <laughs> yeah, um, what was the name of it again? Clifton Strengths Finder. Clifton Strength Finder. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess you heard it here first if you haven't heard about it before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've not heard about it before, so yeah. I guess I'll have to uh, I'll have to check that out. So, okay. I kind of feel like I want to go back to the the journey because you started sure. with this guy, the the uh, let's call him Mr. Abrasive, successful abrasive. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what what kind of happened after that? Because okay, yeah. So after that, um, I, I got a quick story to tell you, if you don't mind. Sure. So um, it was 2009, and um, same company. Yep. Um, and I'm having a performance evaluation, and at this time, I kind of rose into some level of leadership within okay. the company. Okay. And I was uh, managing, you know, a particular office uh, staff there in the office, not the office. Um, however, um, it was one of those situations where I knew like deep down this is not, this is not what I want to do with mm -hmm. my life. I was starting to feel that. I actually felt that several years ago, 
you know, when I was at the public sector. Um, so I kind of, uh, as most, they disengage, right? Most employees, I think over 83% of employees are, are disengaged. And um, that's not my numbers. Those are, you know, numbers that are out there. So mm -hmm. um, I was a little disengaged and I had a performance evaluation. Mm. And I'm like, oh man, I'm going to get my tail handed to me. And so I ended up uh, going into the, the interview or, you know, not interview, but the uh, review. And he tells me, sit down. I sit down and he literally, he throws his pen down on his desk kind of like, you know, abruptly, and then sits back in his chair and he's like, Tim, what the hell are we gonna do with you? Throws his hands up just like that. I was like, oh crap, here it comes, right? And he was like, I was like, excuse me? And he said, what the hell are we gonna do with you? You literally could do anything you want in this company, anything. You tell us what you wanna do and we'll make it happen. I was like, wow. He was like, he looked me square in the eyes and he said, you are a wasted asset sitting behind a computer screen all day long. Your people skills are second to none, at least in this industry. You know, he's like, you connect with people on such a level that I've never seen. So he's like, what do you want to do? Who do you want to become? I'll, I'll help you make it happen. That was in 09. Everybody knows if they can hear, reson 09 resonates with a lot of sure. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good year for transition. <laughs> so yeah, that. but we started that transition, you know, started, I started doing business development, working with clients, um, but that was short because uh, all hell broke loose after that. The bottom yeah. fell out, right, in the market. And 2009, I'm finding myself um, almost without a job. Um, I say almost, because we were hanging on to like 20 some hours a week at that point. Um, but then at that time I transitioned uh, to Boise um, and uh, at, so I left that company and uh, started working for another company. Uh, after that I transitioned, I was only there a couple of years, just wasn't a good fit. I got approached by a major um, software company, Autodesk, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, uh, or at least one of their vendors and uh, asked me to take over sales in their area. Yeah. And I was like, sales? I'm no salesman, <laughs> you know? I'm not, oh, I don't like sales guys, right? I'm like, nah. And, um, and I was actually running a couple of groups. I started some um, communities of practice or user groups. Okay, yeah. And so I had ran one in Portland. I was the president of the uh, Portland chapter there for um, civil engineering. And then I, uh, when I moved to Boise, there, were, there weren't any, so I actually, started um, the the one for architects as called the Revit user group and the civil user group. Mm. And so started those two, found somebody that run the Revit user group and just kind of guided them a bit. And then I ran and found the team to help me lead and run the civil user group. But at the time when I was approached to do sales, I had just started those groups and I didn't feel a, a lot of times the vendors, you know, try to stay out of those and uh, they're for users by users. Mm. And so we can use them as sponsors, vendors as sponsors, but I just started this group. And so I wanted to see it through. I wanted to see at least for a year, get it off the ground. So a year later, they approached me again. And so I'm like, let's, let's do it. Let's, you know, I, I wanted out of the engineering space because I knew that, again, I was feeling that inside mm -hmm. of me, um, that I was, I wanted something different. I knew that I was created for something more. Um, 
and I saw this as an opportunity. Never done sales before in my life, and um, but took a step of faith to go do it, and it worked out. It worked out big time. So for me, and I did that. Uh, 2000, that was 2012, and I did that till about 2016. That's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking about now the um, sort of core, core. Um, what to call them traits, I mm. guess, that you were explaining. Yeah. And, and you talked about long-term vision, activation, and then making it happen. I don't know what that was called. Sure. Uh, command. Command. Yeah. It, it sounds like you should be running your own company <laughs> based on those three alone. Sure. Honestly, like yeah. you, you would be happy doing that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we're, we're going to talk about that in a second, but um, there has to be some like very strong cognitive dis dissonance being in a mm. sort of subservient role. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, thinking out loud here, but like having that um, as those as sort of strengths yeah. or, or core sort of needs maybe and being like, all right, let me just go ahead and finish this, you know, drawing set. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, anyway, uh, it makes sense. Absolutely. Why you would start a user group. Mm. or, you know, why they would be approaching you. Um, yeah. I feel like I wanted to, to, to ask about this idea that you're very good at connecting with people. It's very obvious. Mm. I've seen you do it. I've, I've only met you a day and a half ago. Right. And I've, I've seen you do it live. Is there, like, has it always been a thing? Is this just like an innate thing for, for you? Mm. Is there somebody you knew when you were young that was like that? I mean, like, is that... Is that Great question. What culture you come from? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's. Um, I think it was innate thing inside of me. It doesn't mean though that, and I want to make this clear distinction. It doesn't mean that it comes easy. Sure. Or that it is. I, I should say it comes easy, but it's not always easy. And what I mean by that is, is that even though it's innate and I love connecting with people, I'm just as intimidated as, as intimidated sometimes about taking that approach mm. as everybody else is. Okay. Right? Yeah. It's just, um, and what I've learned over the course of the last few years with my studies is um, with the brain and neuropsychology and, and um, uh, things like that, you know, so it's just that being able to push through that, you know, not allow that to block us. A lot of times that, that blocks us. And so yeah. I just don't allow that. I've even though not looked, uh, this is a this is a perfect example. So, I'm I hired a kid um, while I was in the engineering space. Okay. Um, hired a guy to come in and do some work. Right, we were looking to expand, so um, brought him in, and he was like, I was, I saw some traits in him, and so I'm like literally like trying to coach him through those things and trying to like get him to see right because a lot of times a coach sees in them before they even see it, right? Mm, What's inside so of them. Yeah. And they're trying to pull that out. And so I'm trying to pull this out. And he's like, dude, you're so confident in what you do. I don't I don't see myself I don't see how I could do that. And I'm like, look, let's make it very clear. A lot of times I'm just as nervous as you are. I'm like, oh crap, how is this gonna work out? But what I've always leaned on is that I'll put myself out there and then I will, I'll go and figure out what I need to do. Self-education, right? Right. So if it's, I'll put myself out there like, hey, would you like to take over this? Uh, yeah, sure, you know? <laughs> right, and, yeah. and so come across confidently mm -hmm. and then learn behind the scenes and then show up, you know? I've 
heard that. I've read that so many times yeah. with, with really successful people. That very idea, especially in the engineering space. One of the most successful engineers I've ever met started this huge project with a, a dynamometer. Actually, helped mm. on on that at my last role, but that was his. That was the same answer. Yeah, wow. It's like, I've never built this thing before. I, I don't know how to do it, but <laughs> they asked him if could he build it. He's like, oh, yeah, sure, I can sure. do that. <laughs> they went and figured it out. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I think the key was uh, resourcefulness. Yeah. Right? Just being resourceful. Um, again, going to those people that you know that know. Sure. Right? Um, so that's, that's, that's been a key. Okay. Well, um, for time's sake, I'd like to, I'd like to kind of talk about what that sort of self-discovery phase kind of started in 2009 more seriously and then ended up where you're at today what sure what was what were some sort of key uh, moments or books i'd love to hear your mm. recommended reading list mm. if you have if you have one sure um we can start there and then kind of end with what's next for you yeah perfect um so um yeah it was uh, all along, I was like looking for that out, you know, look for the way out, right? The exit, the exit uh, route, so to speak. And uh, basically, came in 2016. I left sales and went out on my own as an independent contractor um, back to the engineering space. Okay. But it allowed me to have that freedom to be able to. Um, do what I wanted to do. I didn't see it at the time. I'll, I'll say that. I didn't see it. Um, I was a little um, going through some stuff at that at that time, right? Um, and here we are entering 2017. 2017, I was, was pretty, I was like, oh, I've been trying to get out of this for, you know, many, many, many years. And yet I'm, I'm still doing this. And I wasn't seeing the fact that I'm doing it on my own now. Oh wow! Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just big. see it as I'm still doing it, right? But yeah, hey, dude, you're you're like you got the most amount of freedom as anybody, right? Right now, yeah. And you're getting to do whatever you know, go come and go as I pleased, essentially, as a you know, as an independent contractor. And as long as I got my job done, yeah, the client was happy. Yeah. Right. That's as right. long as I over delivered, the client was happy. Okay. And so I still had a lot of freedom and a lot of flexibility, but wasn't seeing it at the time. Again, I'm looking out to the free future. Right. You know, so one of the things that I had to learn in that self-discovery was myself, understanding myself. And we talked about that a little bit earlier. So 2017, my wife tells me, she says, Tim, it's provision. Because I'm coming home, I'm all grumpy and all right. And she's like, it's provision for us right now. It's what we need in this time frame, right? Your time will come, but right now, this is provision. And so I'm like, you're right. She was like, you say that you can do this without even thinking. I said, yeah. She was like, then, then what, you know, I think she said something like, what do you want to do? So I was like, yeah, what do I want to do? So I started asking the questions of myself. What do I want to do? Yeah, Who do I want to sorry. become, right? Yeah. And so for me, it was like, Okay, yeah, I can do this. I sit here eight, ten hours a day doing this without even thinking. So I was getting like, uh, you know, frustrated. Right. But I'm like, the, the thought that came to mind was like, go back to school. My school was self-education. Hey. 
So I dove into podcasts. Tom Bilyeu's podcast was instrumental for me. Understanding self-awareness. I'll throw that out there because it's highly, 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 highly important. If you ask any of the major people, they're very self-aware. They've practiced self-awareness. And it's a practice, right? So learn self-awareness. The next thing was um, really, because that really helps understand yourself, right? The other thing is an engineering thought process was to, uh, what something that Tom Bilyeu actually said was, um, he was struggling with anxiety. He's always struggled with anxiety. So he wanted to know what was happening physiologically inside of the brain, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because if I can understand what's going on inside the brain, then I can reverse engineer that. And Love so it. I was like, that's genius. So I was dealing with some things at the time, and I, wasn't, I knew that that wasn't going to take me to where I wanted to be, right? I identified who I wanted to be, who I wanted to become, where I wanted to go, and these things are not going to be able to sustain me to go there. So I started studying the brain, right? Understanding neuroscience and all these different things, which allowed me to help break out of those limiting beliefs to keep me where I was. So then I can move forward. And a lot of those books you had, you talked about books were, you know, Mindset by Carolyn Dweck, huge. Um, another great book was uh, Joe Dispenza's book, uh, You Are the Placebo. You Are the Placebo. You Are the Placebo. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, uh, uh, you know, it may not be exactly for your audience, but it's a, it's a great book. And basically what it essentially means is our thoughts control our physiology, right? And so if our thoughts control oh, our yeah. physiology, yeah. This, this, this body that was created, you know, by the God of the universe, right? If our thoughts, and he's designed our thought and our mind to control the physiology, can't our thoughts control our outcome? Right. And so it was like, okay, so started digging deep into mental toughness. If I'm going to break free of some of these other things of my past, you know, and not being labeled as just an engineer or just a designer or whatever, if I want to be labeled transitioning into where I'm going now as, you know, an author, a speaker, a coach, you know, guys who are setting up workshops for people, helping them break free of those those same limiting beliefs, or maybe it's a career that they're stuck in, helping them break free of that, then I've got to put those things into practice and start living them out in my life. And so those are a lot of things. One other book was um, High Performance Habits, Brendan Richard. Um, it's a must read. It's a, it's a, a yearly full read for me and then uh, diving into it at different times of the, the year. So I would highly recommend that. You, you read it every year? I read it every year. The other book that I read every year is Visioneering by Andy Stanley. Visioneering. Visioneering. So I'll, uh, for a second time, I'll give you just a quick synopsis of that too. Uh. So Visioneering is being able to engineer out your vision for your life. So for your audience, that would not be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Dude, I'm so grateful. Thank you for your time. You bet. I cannot wait, honestly, to yeah. see what, what you end up doing. So Absolutely. W- where can people find you online? Sure. Uh, on Instagram, I'm on most uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Instagram is uh, Tim Douglas Inspires. Okay. Uh, my website, timdouglasinspires.com. And then on Facebook, uh, you know, if you do the facebook.com slash Tim Douglas Inspires. So. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. thank you. Bro, appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. yeah. I'm on LinkedIn too, but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, man. <laughs>